for that refreshing river, God. We thank you for the word of the Lord to us this morning. Your river is flowing here in this place, God. And uh, I thank you for that. Thank you for that refreshing. And, and that it wasn't just an announcement made during a transition time in worship, but the entire time we gather here today, there is a refreshing river flowing. And we just thank you. Just as Fenton declared, God, that um, it's just like you're taking off the roof and raining down on us and soaking us saturating us. And we just thank you. We thank you, Father, that you're always doing more than we're currently aware of. That's a great word. That's a great word. We just thank you that that is true. That is true. And I thank you for what you're doing. I I pray for eyes to see it. God, that you'd open our eyes, that you'd make our hearts sensitive, that our ears would be uh, attentive to your voice, that we would hear you, God, like never before, speaking to we love you. We live by your word. We, we, we drink of your spirit this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. In the last few weeks, we've been, uh, we've been going after the voice of God, right? We've been talking about how we live by every word that proceeds from the mouth, mouth of God. Amen. We, we talked last week out of Exodus about how Moses went up on the mountain, right? And, and because he spoke, God spoke to him face to face, he was transformed. But, but because the people on the bottom were afraid to be in the, in the presence of God and to hear his voice directly, instead they got a written, they got a written law, but because they, they weren't able to hear God say it to them, like Moses did, they, they weren't transformed as Moses was transformed. And so we've been talking about how there's power not only in what God said, but the fact that he says it to us. It's when he speaks it to you that you're transformed, you know. And, um, and so today we're going to be looking um, into the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah. Yay, come on. Somebody's excited over there. I like Isaiah too. You know, um, some scholars called Isaiah the gospel of Isaiah because, uh, because most of the messianic prophecies came through Isaiah. And um, there are also the Psalms, and there are different parts of the Bible. But, but uh, Isaiah was prophesying to Christ. And um, it's really, really powerful. And we're going to get into chapter 6 today. And, uh, you know, this chapter is, is often used to preach and teach about the glorious, the manifest glory of God. And I love that that is here in this chapter. We're going to go after something a little different today. And so, Lord, we thank you for your help in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're going to look at verses 1 through 8. I'll read it through. In the year of King Uzziah, uh, uh, in the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord, this is Isaiah speaking, sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted, with the train of his robe filling the temple. Seraphim, uh, which were an angelic being, a specific type of angel. It means burning ones. Um, They're like these fiery angels that are around the throne. They stood above him, each having six wings. With two, they covered their face. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they flew. (laughs) And... and, uh, 
Imagine that's powerful. You know what I just realized? Wings in the scripture, you know, obviously wings speak of flight and the spirit riding on the wings of the wind, right? But the other thing that I just realized, I just saw this, that that wings really speak of in the scripture as well is covering. They fly and they cover. And and it even speaks about how God would that that, that his wings would, would spread out in the land and release healing, that he tucks us up under his wing. That's powerful. And uh, so we just bless you with that today. And with uh, with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, with two he flew, and one called out to another and said Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And the foundations, so when he spoke, the foundations of the thresholds tremble at the voice of him who called out while the temple was filling with smoke. Then I said, woe is me, for I am ruined (laughs) because I am a man of unclean lips. And I live among a people of unclean lips. I think that's interesting because Isaiah was already prophesying, already functioning as a prophet for the previous five chapters. And yet the prophet was saying he was a man of unclean lips. I think that is really notable. Well, we'll get there. But, but you know, when we get, when, sometimes when we get closer... To the Lord, we have revelations that we didn't previously have, <laughs> you know, and, and it was like, I'm sure he was past crude jokes at that point. I, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm sure Isaiah was not going around telling dirty jokes, right? So that's not what he was talking about when he said, I'm a man of unclean lips. Man, he was penetrated by the light and the power and the glory of God. Something shook inside of him. And so he said, Woe is me, for I am ruined, because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim, these burning ones, flew to me with a burning coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar with tongs. Ah, (laughs) it's so good. (laughs) Do you ever just get caught up in the reality that heaven's a real place? These These are not like... These are not like visionary parables. It's not, God's not making up a story to teach us something. Like, there is a throne in heaven where God speaks and these fiery six-winged angels are flying around shouting holy. Things are shaking. Glory and smoke is filling the temple. And there's like an altar there with coals. It's amazing. It's a heavenly reality. Man. So he, he touched my mouth with it, with this coal, and he said, Behold, this has touched your lips, and your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is forgiven. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And then I said, Here I am, send me. Powerful. Let's just unpack this a little bit. King, King Uzziah... Um, I, I think it's interesting, you know, King Uzziah had died. And it was then that this prophet was caught up into this heavenly realm, into heaven, where he heard the voice of God, and he saw all these things happen. Some things about King Uzziah. Um, 
you know, he was a, a great king. He came into, he took the throne in perilous times. And, uh, and, and he started out really well. He, he had such favor and wisdom, and he was close to God in his heart. And for years, God increased him. And that, but then in his blessing, he somehow began to take that for granted. Pride entered into his heart. And, and so his former, his former years were not as good as his latter years. And um, so he entered the throne in perilous times. His grandfather and his father were both killed. Um, both of them had gone after idolatry. Um, he became king at 16 years old powerful. 16 years old, leading a nation. Uh, he, did, he did right in the sight of the Lord, extremely prosperous and victorious. He was victorious in battle. Uh, he, one of the things he did that was important was that he fortified Jerusalem. Um, he built towers. He actually had, like, the man was kind of a genius. He, um, he created these, these machines of war that could hurl arrows and stones from the top of the wall. And um, he had uh, 2,600 heads of household of valiant warriors with an elite army, 307,500 under them, this, this elite army. And all of them had helmets, shields, body armor, weaponry. I mean, you're talking about like the most advanced, probably one of the most advanced nations, like whatever you would think of that as today, right? Whatever body armor, they, had, they were like cutting edge. And so they were this mighty nation under King Uzziah. He built towers in the wilderness with cisterns for water. He was thinking of everything, you know. Uh, they had water out there in these towers for livestock. Uh, it was said of him that he loved the soil, vines, and agriculture. Basically, what you, what, you, what you understand about Uzziah is that under him and his leadership, he was a strong leader. He was a very strong leader, and under him, the nation was safe. He fortified the nation. He protected the nation. Stuff was growing, and livestock was thriving. And, and, it, and it must have been an amazing time for the people of Israel, at least for probably the first two-thirds of his reign. Why do, you know, why do I take the time to talk about who, who the king was? Because I was thinking about, you know, just spending time with the Lord about, about this. When I say thinking, I mean that, I just say, when I say that, I'm, people call it meditating. People call it sitting with the Lord. Or med, you know, you can meditate. It's when you think, really as believers, when we think, we, we're called to think with God. Does that make sense? And so in our thinking, if there's any area of my life, that I think about a situation without thinking about what God wants to do in that situation, my thinking is off. You know? And that's when hopelessness creeps in. When we look at a situation and we think all about it without God. And, and when you're hopeless, what you need is you need to hear God. That's what you need. It's very simple. When you're hopeless, you need to hear God. We, we need to hear what God is saying. And I tell you, how many have had that experience? You're like, I don't know what's going to happen. And then all of a sudden, God just spoke to me. I still don't know how it's going to turn out, but God spoke to me, and now I know it's going to be all right. 
How many have had that experience? Yeah, isn't that amazing? It's, it's the Christian experience. It's not for special Christians. It's for all Christians. All Christians are special. Is another way to say that, I guess. And uh, special to God. And um, amen. But you know, a season had changed here for Israel. This mighty king. You know, I imagine when you've got a leader that strong, you know, for me, I grew up, um, like mo- most of us, you know, we're in a different era today in the kingdom. And, and the church continues to progress throughout the ages. You understand, like, God is intentionally raising up a bride for his son. Ever since the fall, this is what God did. He goes, I'm going to go after him. I'm going to get him back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring them to myself. And I'm going to raise up a bride for my son, Jesus. And that's what he's doing. And so, so, so generation after generation, we're growing. And, and one, of the, one of the things, practical ways that that has impacted me is that leadership in the church today is something that I didn't experience, even though, as thankful as I am for growing up in the church, right? That like, like I've experienced fathers in my life and leaders in my life that in my younger years, not that people didn't have the heart, but for whatever reason, they didn't have the paradigm or the kingdom viewpoint in order to release the kind of spiritual fathering and mothering that, I, that we all need. Does that make sense? And so, even, but even the best kind of fathering along with that, you know, when you've got a strong leader in your life, there's this, it's an amazing thing because we need to be humble enough to make room for them. But the other thing is, so the right way to look at this king would have been God has anointed him as king. And he is the king because God has made him king. And so we honor him. He is the anointed of the Lord as far as kingship goes, right? But on the other hand, he's taking care of things so well that maybe we don't really have to think about ourselves or our own connection to God because as a nation, we're thriving under God. Does that make sense? And, um, and yet he passes away and it brings Isaiah... I don't know why this situation changed things for Isaiah. I, I, can, I can think about it. Like I said, maybe he was just such a strong leader. Even the prophet was just like, we're so blessed to have the king that we have. We're, we're protected, we're safe, we have food and, and everything. And suddenly this, this man, this human being, who's creating this discovery and this safety is gone. Gone. How many know that when we trust in things that are not eternal, right, eventually we end up realizing, right, we get tuned up somehow, right? Like either, I, either the Lord speaks it to me or the tougher way is that a situation in life highlights that I need a rock that's higher than I. That I, I need a rock that's, that's even stronger than the greatest anointed human beings God has placed in my life. Who speak into my life that I receive it as the word of the Lord, yet still it's not the Lord, right? They're not the Lord. The, anyway, and so he finds himself here. I think what he found himself was humble. Humble. And, and you know, he found himself poor in spirit, recognizing his need for God. So he was, it is a great place to be. It's actually, you know, and I think often we think about humble, always oh, really humble. You know, and we think about being humbled as like, oh, that's a bummer place to be. Like when nobody, none of us likes to be humbled, 
right? But how many know if, I, if I'm humbled, it's probably because I needed to be. Because if I'm already humble, then I can't be humbled. You know what I'm saying? You can't fall off a pedestal that you're not on. You know? And, and it's okay. And I, I, it's just, it's sneaky. And so God is faithful to us to lead us. But for whatever it was, here he was, caught up into the third heaven, and he, and he, hears, he hears God speaking. Powerful. Let's look at some of the things that happened. One of the things that Isaiah realized this moment, and here's the thing, we're not talking about the lost, the prodigal. We're not talking about, we're not talking about the rebellious, the, the sinner. We're talking about the prophet. Probably the most spiritual man in the nation is caught up. And when the mo- how many know when the most spiritual man in the nation is in the throne room with God and his response is, woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips. How many know the nation needed revival? And, and, uh, and so, yeah, and I don't even know what the thing was that, that was specifically convicting Isaiah. What I do know is that when I get closer to God, I suddenly get convicted about things that I thought were okay. And I'm not even talking about, like, sin. I'm just talking about, like, attitudes and outlooks and and. And I thought I was justified in thinking that, but suddenly I'm in your presence and I realize that's pride. You know, and so, you know what I'm saying? Like, the closer you get to God, the more His light just penetrates you. And it's a beautiful thing. But I would say, be, but humble is the best place you can be because you're set up to receive. God gives grace to the humble. How many know we all need grace? We're saved by it. We stand by it. We live by it. You can't. You really can't be successful, especially eternally successful, without the grace of God. Amen? So, so he's caught up and he realizes suddenly, even further, his need to be touched. Here's, here's a powerful thing. Not only did he need to... You know, he has this conviction. Oh, man, I've got unclean lips. Now... A lot of us, you know what we do? We stop there and we say, "Okay, I'm going to work really hard on that. I'm going to, I'm going to change how I talk. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, like you get the conviction and you just go away from the Lord and you're, I'm going to work on that. I'm going to change that. I'm going to work hard on that. And how many know you work hard and then how many have had that experience? Really working hard on this, this thing and I'm not getting any better at it. Amen. Because the answer is not that we work harder or try harder. The answer is that we're touched. So, just uh, one of the points here is that when God speaks to you, take a moment to lean in just a little further and say, God, touch me there. Touch me. It might be like that. Because I think when you realize that if God points something out in your life, it's because God has a plan for that place in your life. And it is something that you can't work out yourself. But you can be touched. So the angel comes, touches him with the coals, right? So he was touched. Then what happens? Then everything's happening. They're in this throne room, right? 
It's shaking. There's glory. There's angels flying around. There's all kinds of stuff happening, right? And then he hears God speaking. What does he say? Verse 8. He says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord. Then. I like that. All this stuff's happening. And he goes, Then I heard the voice saying, Who will I send and who will go for us? And then I said, Here I am. Send me. This verse, like growing up for the longest time, I love this verse. Because I used to read this account in a... <laughs> In this way where I thought, like, what was happening here? Like, like Isaiah is the only human being that I can see in the story who's in the throne room, right? And yet, and I always pictured, like, here's Isaiah, the only man in front of God, and then God kind of looking at Isaiah saying, Who? Who can I send? You know, it's like, it's like if I have one person in the room with me, you know, if I, and like if I had... Yes, amen. But like, like if I'm if I'm in my house, right, and the trash is overflowing, and I'm like, just my son was there, you know, and I'm, it's just my my son and I, and I look and I go, son, who, who will take the trash out? Who, who can I send, son? Who will go for me? You know, it'd be like awkward, right? So I always, he's like, I get, I'm dead. I guess that's me. Yeah, so I always saw this. I always saw this situation like that. Like, why is God just going like who? But then I realized something. I realized that this scene in heaven had been going on for who knows how long. Maybe it was a thousand years in heaven. Who knows how long this was happening with these fiery angels covering their face and their feet, and flying and shaking and glory. And the voice of God going out from the throne saying, who? Because, because, and he was calling, I believe God was calling out to the earth. Who? From heaven. Who will go for me? Who can I send? And because Isaiah had somehow found himself in a place where he was humbled and caught up into the presence of God, he suddenly heard what God had been saying. Doesn't it make you wonder what God might be saying to us today? You know what I mean? I think sometimes we think like, God, I'm just waiting for God to speak. And I'm like, yes, yeah, sometimes we are waiting for God to speak. But sometimes I wonder if he's speaking and he's waiting for us to just lean in a little closer to hear it. You know, the Lord said to me one time, he said, Brandon, there are some things, he said, there are some things that you only ask of your closest friend. And I knew what he was saying to me. And I, it just, it just entered my heart and, and really touched me. And I, and I just, and I thought, ah, I felt so drawn by him to be close. And I, and I just said, Lord, ah, it made me wonder, I wonder what he would ask of me if I was just a little closer. But you know, God in his mercy Here's the beauty of it. God in His loving kindness and His mercy, He actually, His kingdom and, and, uh, is set up in such a way that we're only able to hear from Him what we're prepared to be responsible for. 
So here's a good word for you. If God speaks to you about something that you think is too big, He wouldn't have said it to you if He thought that. (laughs) See, the, the, the great news about that is that God never speaks to me about something that He intends for me to do alone. Actually, it's something that He is doing and He's asking me to join in. Like, I don't... He's not even saying, I'll join you. He's like, will you join me in what's on my heart? You know what I'm saying? Like, because walking with God is not about, like, what I like God to be to me. Walking with God is, who is God? And I'll be transformed into His image. And you might find yourself, you know, history is full of story after story after story of people doing things that no one ever thought they could do it. The unlikely, the weak, you know. I mean, Jackie Pollinger went to China and reached the worst gangs in China. She was, she was this, she was everything wrong for that mission. White, Westerner woman. The most, one of the most, in that time, I, I'm just, it's being real. Like, you're, you're going to go down, you what are you going to do? You're by yourself. Nobody's with you. It's, it's such a foolish thing to do. Except that God called her. And she lived and lived and lived. And, and, and God gave her these gangs. And, and she saw many drug dealers come off of, of, of opium and things like this. And, and um, what's the point? The point is you might say, you know what? I'm not like that, but I'll tell you, one encounter with God will change you. One word from the Lord will change you and capture you. So he heard the call, then he said, yes. What if the direction of our life is shaped simply by how close we're willing to be to God? You know what I'm saying? This is me, I'm preaching to myself right now. Like, I'm so challenged by this, you know. And I I think sometimes, you know, like the children of Israel, I think they were afraid, like we talked about last week. I think there was a part of them that was afraid to hear what God would say because they knew they couldn't hear God and stay the same. They thought they'd die. But surely they knew if they didn't die, if they wanted to live the same as they were before, they wouldn't be able to because they were going to be altered. But they didn't realize, see, the reason Moses could get close and hear, the reason Isaiah could be caught up like this was because, well, for one, he was caught up by God. But for two, they had a view of God, I believe, of God's goodness. That he's holy, he's powerful, he's glorious, but whatever he says is best and good for me. And I have such a desire, you know, I have such a desire. I'm thankful for the way that God has um, moved in my own life over the years. Because I've never had an experience like this yet. I'm so hungry to see. I'll just be real with you. I'm so hungry to see the face of Jesus. Don't you just want to look at him? I want to see them. Like, you know, like I think we read stories and we hear stories 
and we disqualify ourselves. We think these are people that are more special than us. They're not. Elijah was just like us, the Bible says. Just like us. He had all the same passions, all the same weaknesses. But he said yes to God, you know. And, um, but you know, what happens in an experience like this, and, and I'm not even talking today about just being caught up into heaven and having this extravagant experience. I'm simply talking about hearing God personally for ourselves, whether it's, whether it's through a friend, a brother, or a sister in the body giving us a prophetic word, whether God opens the Scripture to us and reveals, speaks to us from the Scripture for ourselves, whether He speaks by His Spirit, whether He gives us a dream or a vision, however God speaks to you, that when, when, when you are spoken to by God, you, you actually you become a different person. It, it actually marks you in a way beyond your own strength, beyond your own ability, and it gives you the strength. And, and when I've, when I've you know, pastored a lot of this, um, this younger, all, like all ages really, but a lot of the younger generation, and, and I began to really get boiled down to this. You know what I want for this young generation? For them to have a sense of calling on their life because they know that they've heard God. Because when God... And, and not everybody, you don't have to be a prophet. Like, you don't have to be a prophet. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be a teacher. You know, it's not just about, like, church ministry. It's simply about God speaking to you in a way that imparts the purpose that He had in His heart for you when you were created. Actually, way before then, before time began, it says He called you by name. God has a plan for your life, for my life and your life, before we're born. And I, and I thought, you know what? This is what people need because, because when you have heard God in this way, it doesn't mean that life is going to be easy every day. What it means, though, is that you won't quit. You know why you won't quit? Because you, you can't. Like you can, but also you can't. Because the way you've spoken to me has changed me on the inside. And even if I think that I would want to quit, I find myself in a, in a state of being that I, I really can't. It's like, you know, Paul said that he wants to, he, he leans forward, he wants to lay hold of that for which Christ had laid hold of him. It's that sense of purpose that marks you, and it's for every believer, that, that where you feel like, I'm not holding on to God. He has laid a hold of me. And in my moments of weakness and struggle, like, it, I'm not clinging to God's robe. He is holding on to me. You know, and, and what holds me is not only His Spirit, His power, but I am held by the words that He has spoken to me about my destiny, about my future, about my purpose in this life. Whatever it may be. Maybe you're called to city council. Maybe God, your purpose is to bring the kingdom in the business world of your region. To disciple those under you who God highlights. I, it can be anything. I'm just saying God knows you. 
you know? And we, we often think, who do I want to be? And we have a choice in that. But you know what's amazing is to remember that we have a Father who gives us our identity, which we'll be getting more into identity in the coming days. But when He speaks to you, you're changed. You won't quit. You live with a sense of purpose and calling. I find that once that's happened, it begins a process where God is faithful to the process that He's begun in your life when He spoke. And you become, you become like Jeremiah and like the disciples. You know, Jeremiah says, but if I say I will not mention His word or speak anymore in His name, His word uh, is in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. I'm weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. You know, this is a man who has heard from God in a way where he can't be the same again. We call it being wrecked. Modern day. You know, it, it, was, it was the way that the disciples had heard Jesus when, when he offended everybody with eat my flesh and drink my blood. And they all went away. And he turns to them very pastorally to hold on to them and says, are you guys going to leave too? And they're like, no, we can't. You have the words of life. You've spoken to us, and we cannot leave you. I don't understand a thing that you just said. I'm as offended as every one of them, but you have spoken to me in a way that's caused my heart to burn. My purpose is intact when I'm around you. I don't understand it, but I know my purpose. I'm sticking with you. Paul was the same way. Woe is me if I don't preach the gospel. You know, what if, you guys, what if there's a call? You know, we're all called to him, right? God's calling all people to himself. But what if there's a call, like Paul said, the high call, that is they're waiting for whoever will lean in just a little more. I'm not talking about level up Christianity. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no elite Christians. There's no Christians that are more valuable or more important than another. There's no people that have more value than other people. They all cost the blood of the cross. Every human being, the same price has been paid. But how much of him we each get to enjoy is open. And, you know, I I just thought, you know, Shelley had a word this morning about intentionality. And I was like, I love how God always confirms what he's speaking, you know. And I thought, this, we've been talking about hearing the voice of God for ourselves. And I just have such a heart. I believe, you know what, we're, spiritually, we're in a season change. And how many know when there's a season change in your life, God speaks in a special way. And, and, and if, if you are here this morning and you're like, you know, I need a fresh word from the Lord. And, and actually... And right now, you feel like even just like a desire or a, a, a burning inside of you or just a desire. And says, I, I do. I need a fresh word from the Lord. Wait, I just, just want to take a minute and minister. And would you just stand up if that applies to you? You're like, you know, or maybe there's a situation in your life. Like, I need to hear God about this. And, and I know what it's like to be in a place where you're like, sometimes we get so frantic in hearing God that it's almost like we can't. I'm so worked up trying to hear God that I can't. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I had the Lord say to me one time, He doesn't always speak in rhymes. 
just receive. He doesn't always speak in rhymes, but he said to me, he said, he said, you can't see or hear clear when you have fear. And I realized that sometimes that fear is like, I'm afraid that maybe you're not going to speak or you're going to speak. Probably you will and I won't hear you. And I just feel like a real grace once God is releasing a grace right now over all of us. And I love how in a moment that anxiety and that stress gets melted away in the presence of God and hope arises. And some of us actually just need to be able to like, just need to open up to a a faith-filled friend. You don't know how God's going to speak, but but we're in a new season. And so whatever that issue is, Father, we just thank you that you would speak right now. Why don't you just lay hands on those around you they've stood up. Let's minister to one another. Especially the people that stood. Let's just get around them as a family. And, um, and God, we just thank you for your grace right now. We, we thank you for a fresh, a fresh word breathed from you. And I just see the Lord actually taking a lid off. Like some of you feel like, man, there's like a lid. I just feel shut up. Like I can't, I can't hear. I can't see. I don't know which step to take. Wow, I feel like God is saying peace to your soul today. Peace. Peace. You know, I got you. I've got you. I'm going to speak to you. And Lord, I just pray right now for all of us that in this season, God, there'd be such a grace for dreams in the night, fresh word from the Lord. I even see for some people when you open the Bible up, the Bible, you're kind of like, you're in one of those times where like you open the Bible and I'm reading the Word, but there's not revelation. It's not coming alive to me. I just see God shifting that. There's grace on your Bible reading times where there's fresh manna coming from the Word of God. And uh, we thank God for faith. Rise ministry team, would you please come?